In our generation, we are blessed to have uh, a woman and a man of God Amen. who decided to answer the call of God in their lives. Yes. And uh, the grace that is working in their life, it is proving our generation. And uh, they labor to see that uh, Christ is formed in us and that the word of God is richly indwelling us. So if you know I'm speaking on your behalf, kindly help me appreciate our pastor, Pastor Bob and Pastor Kate. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Wonderful, wonderful. Amen. And uh, lastly, I want to appreciate my beautiful, amazing girl. I am married to one female uh, uh, wife. You have to, you know, these days you have to, uh, you have to say, uh, <laughs> and we are blessed with one beautiful daughter, and uh, another human being is on the way coming. Buenas Okay, do you love the word of God? Are you ready for the word of God? Okay, let's go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. We are going to build on, on what dad has been uh, teaching us on uh, redemption reality. So it's a build up. So Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 17. Do you have your Bibles? Are you sure? Say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can go where it says I can go. Today, I receive the incorruptible word of God. Amen. Amen and amen. So are you, are, you, are you in Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Now before, before we go to, uh, before, before we read Ephesians chapter 17, eh, I would like just to give you a backdrop, a backdrop of uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, the believers and the church in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus or the church in Ephesians was built up by Paul in Acts 18 and 19. So we see Paul on his way to Jerusalem out of Corinth. He comes to Ephesus and then he's with Aquila and Priscilla. So they come to Ephesus. They preach the word of God. As the norm of Paul, he goes to the synagogue and he reasons with the Greek and the Hebrews in the synagogue in Ephesus. Bonus, if you will. So he builds a church in Ephesus but he, he does not stay there. He continues to go to Jerusalem because they, there was an upcoming feast that he had to attend. But he leaves behind Aquila and Priscilla in Ephesus. So after he has gone to Jerusalem, after he has finished the feast, he comes back to Ephesus. But, after, but uh, before he comes back, there's a guy called Apollos who shows up in uh, Ephesus. Apollos shows up in Ephesus and he starts teaching a doctrine of John the Baptist. Doctrine of baptism. So Aquila and Priscilla, since they are in Ephesus, they call Apollos and they, and they tell Apollos, sit down, we want to tell you the fullness of this gospel. Paul is not in the picture. So Aquila and Priscilla, they sit down, Apollos, they tell Apollos the fullness of the gospel. So when Paul comes to Ephesus, he finds there's a doctrine that is going on. 
the doctrine of John the Baptist. And the doctrine of John the Baptist is baptism, Christ is coming. But you know, at that particular time, Christ had already, John the Baptist preached, repent, Christ is. But at that particular time, Christ had already showed up. So, Aquila and Priscilla, they teach Apollos. The word of God tells us in Acts 18 that Apollos was a man of eloquence. He was a man who was instructed in the word of God. He came from Alexandria in Egypt. Alexandria. Okay? In Egypt. And then, in that time in Egypt, they had the best school. So, Apollos was one who was instructed in the Lord. But he was not instructed in the fullness of the gospel. So, Aquila and Priscilla, they teach Apollos, who is eloquent in the baptism of John, in the gospel of John. So, Paul comes, he finds there's a doctrine going on. So, Paul asks the Ephesians, were you baptized when you heard the gospel? They said they don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. The only thing they know is the baptism of John the Baptist. So Paul asks them, Acts 19, very good, Acts 19. He asks them, which spirit did you receive when you believed in Christ Jesus? Bonus if you will. The word of God tells us, Paul went ahead and laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and they were filled. Bonus if you will. So the historical background of Ephesus is that Ephesus was like Las Vegas of today. Ephesus was like New York of today. Ephesus was like Vasha Vasha of today. So people will come all the way from all over the world, the non-world then, they will come to Ephesus to see the softness, the soft life in Ephesus. Okay? They will come to see this beauty, this splendor. So Ephesus was a very important city in the Roman Empire. They, 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 they had, uh, political-wise, they were good. Commercially-wise, they were good. Cultural-wise, also they were good. Because people will come and see what is in Ephesus. Why am I saying this? Because for we to understand the Ephesians, we have to look at the backdrop or the historical, and that has been teaching us that we need to backtrack and see the historical background. So Ephesus, it has everything. Religious-wise, Ephesus is one of the cities that is admired then because they worship a god, a goddess called Diana. Diana or Diana? Diana. They worshipped a goddess called Diana. Diana is Mombasa. So, they worshipped a goddess called Diana. And they built a very magnificent temple for Diana. So, people will come all over the world to see. And one of the ways to worship goddess Diana, people used to sleep, men and women, with the prostitutes in the temple. That was one way of worshipping goddess Diana. A female God. Now, see, Ephesus is everything. Las Vegas. Let's say Las Vegas. Everything. Now, Paul's come in, in Las Vegas, and he starts preaching the gospel. For how long 
will the mind of those guys come to understand the gospel, yet they are surrounded with all manner of illicit, sexual illicit, sexual immorality. They are surrounded. So Paul comes and says, I'm planting a church here. So, let's go to Ephesians chapter 17. Now you have understand, you have understood the backdrop. So this is a letter that Paul writes to Ephesians. After he's in Romans, in Rome, he was house arrest. He was in house arrest. Okay? So he tells them that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may okay okay the the eyes of your understanding being enlightened and then i want there no you put it with a punch okay so the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of his that you may know what are they And that you may know what is Amen. Verse, that, verse 19. So, Paul uses a phrase in that first verse that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. That term, the Father of glory, Glory there means doxa. In Greek, it means doxa. Are you ready to learn from some Greek word? It means doxa. It is translated as doxa. Doxa means dignity, honor. The summary I'm going with this. Yes, doxa is spelled D-O-X-A. Doxa. Okay? So I've said doxa means what? Dignity and honor. Now, this term, when you check in all Paul's epistles, you will see he does not use this term in other epistles. But in Ephesians, he uses this term, Father of Glory. Why? Because in Ephesus, people used to look for dignity and honor in other stuffs. They used to look for dignity in gods. In fact, there were small gods and then those goddesses. So they will buy these small gods and they go with, with the small gods to their home. So they will use to look for dignity in these small gods. So Paul comes to introduce to them a God who is the fountain of all honor and dignity. So this phrase, also we see James using it. In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Every good gift... And every perfect gift comes from and from the father of what? The father of light. The father of the father of the father of the father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So James also used this term the father of light meaning that the uh, God is the source of light. Yes. 
God is light proceeds from him. The same way Paul says, father of glory, meaning dignity, honor. If you want honor and dignity, you pursue the father who is the father of honor and dignity. So he takes them away from, from these other small gods looking for honor. Las Vegas here. Looking for honor. So he tells them, I want you to focus on the one whose, whose honor proceeds from him. He's the true honor. So let us continue. I want us to dissect this scripture and then out of this scripture we'll be able to see the topic of today. I know I've not said what we are going to learn. But out of this scripture, you are able, you'll be able to see the topic of today. Now, that the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The word there, revelation, in Greek is translated as apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. Apocalypsis means to disclose. It means to discover. It means to manifest. Okay? So, Paul prays for the Ephesians church that they may receive the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of discovery. The spirit of disclosure. Okay? That they may receive the spirit of disclosure in the knowledge of Christ. In the knowledge of him. The knowledge of Christ. So, they receive the spirit of disclosure so that they may be able to disclose the knowledge of Christ. So the word their knowledge, pastors taught us, it is epignosis. The word their knowledge. That the spirit, uh, the, uh, that the Lord may give you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the epignosis of him. Now, that word knowledge, I'm going somewhere, somewhere with this. That word knowledge, it is not a mere mental awareness about him. It's not just a mental awareness. But, oh, oh, rakazadabu. <laughs> it, is not, it is not a mental awareness about God, but it is an intimate, personal relationship with him. That you may come to a place of personal, intimate relationship with him. Now, this same word, like new, like uh, knowledge. Okay, the word knowledge, it, so it comes from the, it's new, and then when you know about something, it becomes knowledge. So this word knowledge, or this word new, we can also see it in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, the word of God says, and Adam knew his wife. The word there knew, it's intimate, personal relationship. I will not going, I'm not going to spend my time explaining the facts of life. One as if you will. So, the word they are new is what? Personal, intimate relationship with God. Also, this same word is used in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19. The word of God says, and Elkanah knew his wife Anna. The word they are new. Is a what? Personal relationship with God. So when Paul is praying for the Ephesian church, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation may be given unto you, 
that you may come to a personal intimate relationship with God. Because you are in Vegas and the, how things are in Vegas, you need to have a personal relationship with God. Are we, are we getting? Okay. Tunamaliza scripture. Now, let me give you an example so that he is in Daniel. We have heard about a double deck red bus in London. There's a double deck bus in London. Some of us, we have heard about it. Some of us, we have experienced it. We see it in movies. A double deck, a, dub, a red double deck in, in London. And people go there and uh, they, they, they move through the streets of uh, London at the upper deck. So, me and you, we know about it. We know about it. We know there's a red double deck bus in London. But there's someone who has gone there and experienced it. That double deck, the upper deck especially. That person has gone there and experienced. So that person does not know about double deck. He has come to a place of experiential relationship. He has, he has a, 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 an, an encounter with how it feels to be at the double deck at that bus. So this is what Paul is saying. I don't want you to know about God. I want you to come to a place where you have a personal relationship with God. And that place of personal relationship with God, it is in his word. It is when you pray. It is when you fast. That is the time you'll be able to know uh, Elkanah knew his wife. Okay. And then lastly, that the eyes of your hand, okay, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding. The word their eyes means the core of your understanding. Or in other uh, rendition it says, the eyes of your heart. So the core of your understanding being enlightened. Where your understanding proceeds from, may it be enlightened. Now, being enlightened in Greek, it means fortizo. 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 Fortizo is where we get the English word photo. It is to shed light. So when light is shed, you are able to see. So that word means shed of rays. It means brightening up. It means to, to make it to see. Fortizo. So Paul is saying that the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation may be given unto you that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may be able to see. See what? That you may be able to see the knowledge. Okay. <laughs> we have said enlightenment means fortizo. It's where we get the English word photo. It means to shed, to shed rays of light. Okay? So for example, this room, let's assume this room is dark. So we are not able to, 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 to give an account what is in this room. But for example, when rays of light is shown, is it shown? Shown in this place, you'll be able to know, oh, there's a keyboard. If light is shown where Wambo is, you'll be able to, oh, 
There's a laptop. But when there is darkness, you'll not be able. So Paul is saying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened or being shed of light that you may come to a place of knowledge. There are, through, there are three knowledge that Paul is talking about in this scripture. Now, that has taught us we need to be very... Uh, uh, we need to pay attention when you're doing the scriptures. So, before, after that word enlightenment, there's a semicolon. Are you seeing a semicolon? Yes. Are you seeing a semicolon? Yes. So, a semicolon is a pause. It is a pause. It is a short pause, not longer than a full stop. <laughs> and then, another meaning of, of, of uh, semicolon there, there's somewhere I'm going with this. Okay, me see you may miss the entire summer. It means, the second uh, meaning, it means separating items from a detailed list. Separating items from a detailed list. So that semicolon means there is something Paul is listing for us to come to know. He is listing. There is something he is listing. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation may be given, uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Comma, that you may know what are the comma and that you may So Paul wants the Ephesians church to know three things. The hope of his calling and the riches of his glory in the riches of glory of, in, of his inheritance in the saints. And number three, the exceeding greatness. So there are three things that Paul wants them to know. So today, allow me to talk about the first thing that Paul wants them to know. Number two and number three, that is going to deal with that. But for me, let me stick with number. So number one is what? That we may know the hope of his calling. Now, today I want to talk about the hope of our salvation. The hope of our salvation. Now, when you look at NIV, NIV of verse 18 of that scripture, of that uh, passage, verse 18 of NIV, it says that you may know that you may know the hope to which you are called. So when you got born again, there is a hope that you are brought into. There is a hope that now you work in. There is a hope that now you operate in. So Paul is saying, you guys, I want you guys to know that hope which you are called into. Amplified also says the hope in which you are called into. Verse 18. Verse 18 it says, Amplified, it says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you, you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. So there's a hope to which he has called you. And that hope is called the hope of our calling, but I like to use the hope of our salvation. So today, let us look at what is the hope of our salvation. So there are two objectives we are going to come out 
in this sermon, number one objective is what is the hope of our calling? Uh, what is the hope of our calling or what is the hope of our salvation? That is objective number one. Objective number two, if you're writing, I will recommend you write. Objective number two, that we may know. Objective number, now objective number one, I've said, what is the hope of his calling or what is the hope of our salvation? Objective number two, what are the importance of being established in this spiritual truth of hope of our salvation? What is the importance of being established in this spiritual truth of hope of our salvation? So today we are talking about what? The hope of our salvation. Now let me start by saying hope by definition or hope is a belief, a full assurance that something will happen. Hope is a belief, a full assurance that something will happen. So hope is a belief. It is a full conviction. It's a full assurance that you have that something will happen. Hope focuses upon that which has not yet been realized. Hope focuses upon that which has not been realized. If you are listening, say amen. amen. So Paul regarded Paul as a very important central aspect in the spiritual, in the, in the Christian life. And that's why he included uh, among the three cardinals' virtues, that is uh, love, hope, and faith. Those are cardinal virtue in Christian life. So Paul included hope in that cardinal value, uh, cardinal virtues, so that uh, because it plays a central uh, importance. Bonus, if you will. So we see that in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, where Paul says, "Abide in what? Abide in." Love, abiding, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, what does it say? It says, uh, give me the New King James. And now abide, faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of this is love. So in this particular uh, uh, scripture, we see Paul including hope, okay, as a cardinal virtue for every new creation believer. So, while faith in Christ and love for the saints were matters for which Paul gave thanks to God, he nevertheless ex expressed his desire that new creation believer will advance beyond their faith and love to the point where they will know what is the hope of his calling or what is the hope of our salvation. Are we heading somewhere? Okay. Now, let us look at the nature of the hope of our salvation. Remember, we are tackling objective number one. What is the hope of our salvation? Now, let us look at the nature of this hope of our salvation. Okay? The nature. There's a nature in there's a nature of this hope of our salvation. Nature number one. It is one hope that cuts across, that cuts across all the body of Christ. It is one hope that is universal across the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4, it says, listen to what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 it says. That is nature number one. That this nature of the hope of our salvation is universal across the body of Christ. So Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 to 6 it says, There is one body and one spirit 
just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in, and in you all. So here Paul shows us we have one hope. The spirit is one. The body is one. So the hope of our salvation is one. Universal to all the body of Christ. Born as if you were. The same way I'm going with this. Nature number two. Attribute number two of the, of, of the hope of our salvation. It is a living hope. It is a living hope. It is a living hope. First Peter. First Peter chapter one verse three. It is a living hope. First Peter chapter one verse three. It says, "Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has done what begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection." from the dead. So, this hope of our salvation, it's a living hope. It is alive. Because of God's abundant mercy, because of God's love, the word of God says, we were begotten to Lizaliwa to a living hope. So, it is a living hope. It is a hope that lives. It is through resurrection of Christ Jesus, that we were begotten in this hope. So there's a hope that we, we live in. There's a hope in which we operate in. And this hope is not a dead hope. It is a living hope. Okay? I'm going where I'm going somewhere with this. Number three, nature. If you are listening, say amen. Nature number three. It is a glorious hope. It is a glorious hope. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 verse 27. Our father, our pastor loves this scripture. He says, and this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, Christ in you, he's not only a hope, but he is a glorious hope. He is the hope. So, it is a glorious hope. This mystery that Christ in me, the hope of glory, it is a glorious hope. It is a glorious because it says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Battle to dimension, the hope of our salvation. Keep that in mind. And then the last nature, or the, fourth, the second last nature, this hope, it is in you. Say, this hope is in me. This hope is in me. So, First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Peter says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So, Peter says, Always be ready to give a defense, reasons of why this hope. Yeah, they the hope that is in you. So this hope, it is in you. One as if you were. The last nature of the hope of our salvation, Christ is the actual object of, of our hope of salvation. Christ is the actual 
object of our hope. Remember, we have not mentioned the hope of our salvation. Christ is the hope. For example, uh, I'm hoping to have a Subaru, Outback Subaru. Okay, let, let me refresh it. I'm, I'm hoping to have a car. But now, Subaru is the object of my hope. It's not any car. But Subaru is the object of my... So, Christ is the object of our hope of our salvation. And first, uh, first Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, Timothy says, First Timothy chapter 1 verse 1, Sam, are you, are you with me? Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. So, Christ is the object of our hope. Now, allow me to expound something on this hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And you he made alive, who are dead in what? Trespasses and sin. So I want you to write this. Where there is life, there is hope. And where there is no life, there is no hope. Where there is life, there is hope. And you he made alive. You who are dead in trespasses. Now, before you got born again, you were completely dead. Before you received the gospel of your salvation, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, and we believed in this gospel, the gospel of our salvation. The very day you received and you believed in the gospel of Christ is the very day you were made alive. Because God says, before the salvation, you are completely dead. Dead in what? In sin and trespasses. You are dead, as in absolutely dead. Write this down. God's consideration of life is not at the physical birth, but rather at the spiritual birth. God's consideration of life is not at the physical birth, but at the spiritual birth. The day you receive the gospel of your salvation, the day you said yes to Christ, is the very day you were made alive. It continues to say in verse 2, in which we once walked according to what? According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So before we receive the gospel, we used to live according to the ways of this world. We used to walk and operate according to the norm of the prince of the air. Okay? We used to operate under the spirit of disobedience that now operates in the sons of disobedience. Bonus if you will. So we were, we were dead. To look what? To make Kufa completely dead. So we have said God's consideration of life is not at the point when you came to this world. It is when you said yes to your second birth. That is the time he recognizes that now you are alive. Verse 12 of the same chapter, chapter 2 verse 12 it says, I'm just trying to show you how the, the, the amount of deadness that was in us before we received Christ. There was deadness in us before we received Christ. And that's why he says, and you he made alive. Yes. 
Bonasifiwe. So verse 12 of the same chapter, he says that at that time, which time? Before you received the gospel. That time, you are what? You are without Christ. Who is Christ? As in, the Bible tells us you, you had, we will continue and see. So it says that at that time, you are without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Commonwealth of Israel means citizenship of Israel. We were non-participants. We were not included. We were not considered. And this citizenship of Israel, it, ha it, it has its benefit and blessings. We were spoiled votes. Very good. We were spoiled votes. Why? So we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers or from the covenant of the promise. Last time that taught us about the Abraham blessing. <laughs> That one, okay? <laughs> that we were strangers from what? From the covenant of the blessing. Yes. Now, let us read the last chapter. Having no what? Hope. And without? So, was it yesterday? Yesterday, there's a lady. Uh, are you born again? No, me, I'm not born again. But I'm a child of God. That is a lie, oh. If you're not born again, the word of God tells what, what? You don't have God. So there's no general fatherhood. You have to accept. You have to accept. So, child of God, <laughs> the word of God tells us in John chapter 1, verse 12, to them who believed, he gave them the right to become children of God. If you have not believed him, you have no right to become a child of God. You have no right. We were without God. We were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And we were strangers from the covenant of the promise. That's how we were dead. Having no hope. Having no hope. But now we have a hope. I will show you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He continues to say in chap chapter 4 of chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. Paul says, before we received Christ, we used to walk in the futility of our mind. Darkened. That word futility of our mind, it means uselessness of our mind. It means worthlessness used to walk according to the worthlessness of our minds. We thought we were smart. Like me, I was operating in the uselessness of my mind. The word of God continues to say, and they are understanding what that not darkened. So in the time to look at the world, our understanding was darkened. Because of the uselessness of our mind. Greek, it means unutility. Mind that is not utilized. Our minds were not utilized. It was underutilized. Before we were made alive. He continues to say 
that our understanding were darkened, it was covered. Being alienated. Is, that, is the scripture there? Is it there? Being alienated from the life of God. Because of the blindness of their heart. The word their blindness, I was telling my wife the other day. <laughs> that word blindness in Greek, it means stupid. <laughs> we were stupid in our minds before we received Christ. We were completely stupid. That Greek word of blindness, it means stupid. So you see how dead we were? Are you, do you see how dead we were? <laughs> With no hope. But now, but now, <laughs> but now, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been brought near. New King James says, Naya. Is it Naya? Naya. We have been brought near. We who were strangers, we who were aliens, we who had no God. But now we have been brought near. Chapter uh, uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2, 9. Inasema nini? Inasema nini? It says, but you are what? A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of So we were out of stupidity. So, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a special people, yeah. New King James says, peculiar. Peculiar people that we have been called to proclaim the praises. So, the reason of our calling, Velma, is that we may become a display of his praise, a display of his excellence, a display, a showcase. We have been called to showcase the faithfulness of God. We have been called to showcase the beauty of God. The, as in, we have been showcased, as in, the, we are the display, the image. The word of God, Christ was the express image. Now, the way Christ was express image, we are also we are the express image to the world. And that's why he uses the word a royal priest. A royal priest. When you look at chapter 2 of the same chapter, 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 chapter 2 of First Peter, when you look at verse 2, it talks about we are a holy priest. But here it talks about a royal priest. Two different things. A holy priest, we have been given acceptance into the holies of holies. So we are able to worship God with no barrier. That is holy priesthood. Royal priesthood, we have been called to be a priest who demonstrate loyalty of God. Who demonstrate the peace of God. Who demonstrates the joy of God. Because if you are a royal child, you, you are in peace. You enjoy. You're in abundance. So the word there, royal priest, to me it were to showcase the priesthood. Born as if you were. Napita Nasema, and we were begotten. So right now, we had no hope. 
but now we have a hope. This hope is the hope of our salvation. In this hope we live. In this hope we move. In this hope we have our being. Now, what is this hope that Paul keeps on talking about? We see him talking about this hope in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. What is this hope? He says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So we see Paul keep, keep on talking about this hope. We see also him talking about this hope in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. He says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for who promised is faithful. Are you there? Yes, yes. So we, what is this hope that Paul keeps on talking about? Also we see him talking about this hope in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the bracelet of faith and love and as a helmet of what? The hope of our salvation. So Paul keeps on talking about this hope of our salvation. Now, before I tell you this hope of our salvation, there's one thing you as a new creation believer you should know. The finished works on the cross is not our hope. Justification is not a hope. We are already justified. Sanctification is not a hope. We are being sanctified by the word right now. The righteousness of God is not a hope that we are looking for. We are ready the righteousness of God. The mind of Christ is not a hope for us. We have the mind of Christ. Eternal life is not a hope for us. For the word of God says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have. So we have everlasting life. So it's not a hope. What else? Redemption is not a hope. We have already been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness into the one So you as a child of God, when someone asks you what is the hope of our salvation, you say justification. Then it means you have not understood what took place when you said yes to Christ. Because that is not your hope. Now, let us go to Romans chapter 8 verse 18. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 to 25. <laughs> this is where now we see the hope of our salvation. Now help me read. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons. 21. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, for we know, for we know that the whole creation groans and with birth pangs until now. 
Not only that, Lekandorobosha, not only that, but we also have even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope? For what he sees. For the creation eagerly waits. The word of God says the creation is going to groaning. Because the creation they understand how it used to be before Adam messed up. The creation they are eagerly waiting. They are eagerly waiting. The trees, the lions, they are eagerly waiting. How it used to be before Adam fell. The excellence, the splendor, the perfection that used to be in the garden. So, the creation that are eagerly waiting. Now, it continues to say, not only the creations are groaning, eagerly waiting, but we who are of the first fruit, we have also a groaning in us, eagerly waiting for the adoption of our body and the redemption of our body. So there is a wait we are waiting for. And that wait is the hope of our salvation. That hope, that eagerly waiting. For Paul says, why should you hope for something you see? Why should you hope for something you see? But for us, we are eagerly waiting. We are eagerly waiting for the redemption of our body. This is the hope which Peter says we were begotten into. That this hope now we live into. This hope we operate into. Now we have this hope <laughs> that one day our body is going to be redeemed. One day there's going to be an adoption of our body. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 it says that the Holy Spirit has been given unto us until until is the guarantee what does it say who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the so right now we are a purchased possession our soul and our body has already been purchased waiting for redemption we have not been redeemed we are waiting for it there's a redemption waiting for because the word of god says who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. We were purchased by the blood of Jesus. So we are a purchased possession waiting, waiting, eagerly waiting for the redemption of our body to the praise of his glory. Now, First <laughs> Corinthians chapter are you there? Chapter 14. No, chapter 15. <laughs> Even before, before we go there, have you understood why you as a new creation, you should not be hopeless? Because 
there is a hope. There is a glorious hope in which you live in. There is a blessed hope in which you live in. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 he says this blessed hope that we live in. There is a hope. So a child, a new creation believer, you cannot complain like the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world, as the Bible has shown us, they have no hope. There is nothing they are looking up to. So you, you cannot be complaining. Yet you have a living hope. Yet you have a glorious hope. Yet this hope lives in you. Yet this hope, Christ is the object of this hope. Christ is the object of the hope of our salvation. How comes you, you're going to give up in your marriage? How will you give up? Yet you have a hope. Where this hope, all hope is founded in this hope. Hope of our finances that will come through. Hope of our church land. Hope of our, of our children. Hope of our marriage that our marriages will work. We cannot give in or throw in the towel or why? Because we have a hope. We are not hopeless. We have a hope that we live in, that we dwell in it. Now, how, how is our bodies going to be redeemed? How is the adoption of our body, Zach, going to happen? <laughs> how is it going to happen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. How this thing will happen. Now it says, Behold. Now we are reading from verse 51 to 50, 51. Uh, 51 to 55. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want us to read together. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be, for these incorruptible must put to what? Must put in, for this corruptible must put on, and this mortal put on, so when this corruptible has and this mortal then the saying that is written death is swallowed up in that is how the redemption of our body will take place. That is how the actualization of the hope of our salvation that we live in will take place. The word of God says that in a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, we all we shall be changed. Now that word, in a moment, in Greek means atomos. It means atomus. It means an atom of time. It means time that cannot be divided. That it will happen so quickly. Quickly. That even there will be no duration of time. Kusema, ndoyo yesu anashuka sasa ndoyo. No. There is no that time of saying, 
Now he's coming like an archangel. See him. No. The word of God says it will happen so. There will be no commentator. No, 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 no. And I say, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the word there, twinkling of an eye, scientifically it is proven that blink of an eye and a twinkle of an eye, twinkle of an eye is more faster than a blink of an eye. In fact, they say, twinkling of an eye is 11th one hundredth of a second. Twinkling of an eye. Blink of an eye, it is too slow. Not when you say not blink, it is too slow. But when that day comes, twinkling of an eye, it will happen so fast that the body, our body, is redeemed. And this hope that we have been waiting for, it has come to pass. This hope that we have been living, it has come to pass. And guess what? The incorruptible, the corruptible will put on incorruptible. This mortal, immortal, it will put on immortality. You remember when Christ resurrected? He tells uh, Mary Magdalene during the, uh, at the garden tomb. So Christ has resurrected. Hey, Mary Magdalene sees, oh, this is the Lord. Now he runs to the Lord. But the Lord says what? Don't touch me. Why? I have not. Now, at that particular time, Christ had a glorified body. This is what Paul is saying. We will be changed into mortality. This glorified body is what Christ had. So he goes to heaven. He comes back. He, he finds his disciples. The word of God says he was able to move Kuingiago wall and Akutoka. Guess what? He was able to eat the glorified body. It's a mystery. As in, unapita kwa wall, nuneza kukula. As in, there's no substance. You are able to go through, and food is able to, because the word of God says, he spent with them 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom of God. While eating, was he? So, look at that. Look at that. This mortal body. So, what is the hope of our salvation? The appearance of Christ Jesus, who is the object of our hope. That is our hope. That is our hope. We are eagerly waiting. Paul says in verse 25 of chapter 8, Romans, that it is in this hope we were saved in. We were saved in this hope. Born as if we so that is the hope of our salvation. Bonus if you will. And lastly, lastly, objective number two. What is the importance of knowing this spiritual truth? That hope of our salvation is the appearance of Christ Jesus. What is the importance? Why should I know the hope of my calling is Christ appearing? To know, to be established in this truth. Number one, importance. Importance number one of the hope of our salvation. Christ appearing. Importance number one, it inspires endurance. This hope, it inspires endurance. We endure. Paul says, 
I am looking unto, pressing on. So this hope, this forward orientation that we have of Christ appearing, it inspires endurance. So we endure knowing that one day, one day, one day. And that's why if your sibling is not born again, aki atamis kwa mortal, atamis kwa glorified body. Atamis. He will, he or she will miss. That's why we need to be radical when it comes to preaching the gospel. Atamis manze. Imagine you a glorified body, your brother or your sister. Anatayim manze. Bonasifiwe. So, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2. 1 Thessalonians in NIV. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 to 3. It says, we have said the first importance is that some, it inspires endurance. So, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 to 3, it says, we, we, we always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually and our Father your labor prompted by love and, the, and your endurance So, our endurance is inspired by hope. Which hope? That hope. Yeah. In his appearance. That is the hope. Are you getting? Okay? Number two. The importance. It admonishes us to deny ungodliness. This hope, the appearance of Christ Jesus, it admonishes us to deny ungodliness. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 13. And dad has been teaching us about this. About the grace. Because we cannot say you are messing up at grace dispensation. So Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 13 it says. New, uh, New King James. Eh? Ah yeah New King James. Eh? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Verse 13, looking for the and our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Titus uses there a term, blessed hope. Also, it is a blessed hope. So Anasema, we deny ungodliness. We deny being 50-50. Because there's a blessed hope, Bana. There's a blessed hope. Maisha finje finje. We kata, we refuse that. Okay? Bona sifiwe. Importance number three. It changes the perspective of your sorrow. Sam, <laughs> this hope of our salvation changes the perspective of your sorrow. It changes completely the perspective of your sorrow. The word of God says in First Thessalonians, Chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. The word of God says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have what? Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring... So those who have slept in Jesus... 
since a new creation, our sorrow, it is different. Christ. When your sibling, ama when your relative, ame pass, there's a just a short duration of time with a sorrow. But you will not prolong it because you have an understanding. That kama Christ Ali, fufuka, piyata fufuka. So it reduces my sorrow. So when you see people after 10 years, I'm a 5 years, they're still in sorrow because of their loved one who died in Christ. The only thing that Paul allows you to be sorrowful about is when your beloved or your relative akukufa kwa Christ. Because unajua you are menda. You are menda bwana. You are menda. Hakuna zingine dabarane. So that is the only time unaweza sorrow ki the gospel. But for those who have slept in Christ, because of that hope of our salvation, we say, oh, he has gone to be with the Lord. Why? Because so it changes the perspective of our sorrow. You cannot be carrying his sorrow as in miyakayote. Christ. Christ. Your father kufa kwa Christ. Like now for me, I have a sorrow. My father kufa kwa Christ. Alikufia kwa lodging. He was found in a lodging dead with a someone. With a prepepe. Na hapa hivu alikuwa na two wives. Back at home, tukona two mothers. Let's believe kwa yo rakati ya lodging But my first mom passed away. She was in the Lord. Eh? Your time si kwa najua redemption reality when nimefunzwa. Eh when nilikuwa na one realities. But your time singe sorrow sana kwa sababu najua amekufa kwa Christ. The word of God tells us to be absent is to be Now what should you sorrow <laughs> for your relative na yuko present by God? Why? Why do you sorrow? So it changes your perspective of sorrow. So ukiona uko mazishi, wewe pia unalia, una prolong. Nikabu you have no hope. Professional? Mo? Monas. And then number 4. This is the last and then we close. This hope of our salvation stirs up our generosity. It stirs up our generosity. It stirs up our generosity. Now we have said, if your siblings are not born again, if your friend is not born again, unajua to um say, if I don't do something about the kingdom of God, um say wada kuna sikuita imfikia, na kuwa na glorified body. It will be bitterness. Utakuwa na bitterness. So we have said, it stirs up generosity. It stirs up you giving towards the kingdom of God. It causes you to give towards the work of God. Because you know the hope that you are in. This joyous hope that also you want your friend gospel. So, if you are not affected by the hope of your salvation, in terms of your generosity, 
then you are denying the fact at which pia wewe uli kombolewa by someone being generous are you get what i'm saying so it stirs up generosity that has taught us we don't give to be blessed we give because we are so it starts up you know i'll support the work of god why because there's a hope i'm looking for when i support the kingdom of god it's not vanity when i support the work of god when there is a project in church i'll plug in why because my generosity is informed by that hope my giving is informed by kama singekuwa na hope then giving ingekuwa problem velma but since you and i we have a living hope gener- giving should not be a problem giving should not be a problem why what is a problem yet there is a joy mr francis kama kuna project tuna support project kama kuna need tuna support need if there is your brother i gonna shida because you see to hope okay that says he keeps on saying when we give it's a demonstration of our nature because our father is a giver so we are born so we are sons of a giver we are a son of a giver so giving it is out of our nature it is not out of cohesion we are not being we are, we are not coerced ah ah tukisikia kuna need specifically the kingdom of god specifically the kingdom of god that uyo brother yako uyo sister yako afikiwa na gospel like my brother napenda my brother sana anaitwa Harrison Jenga but he is in alcohol he marijaki na mess up vile ningeo duma kaniambia unataka kanyari mwingine unataka ongeza tu list ya makanyari but when i see someone preaching because i go states nikiona namwambia eh bro when was the last time we the church because i believe again the church when that hope of our salvation will come to pass atakuwa na glorified body na mimi pia nitakuwa na glorified body so it stirs up it stirs up it stirs up praise the name of the lord so are you blessed yes. are you blessed yes. amen and amen let, let us rise up to our feet and i want us to pray and then we give uh, our dad the mic hallelujah now are you excited about the hope of our salvation yes. amen and amen let us give thanks to god father we say thank you for this hope of our salvation thank you father for the cross made it available for this hope that we live in a glorious hope a blessed hope a, a, a hope that is living oh jehovah god we say thank you may this truth oh father be ingrained in us oh jehovah god that we may be aware that when it comes to endurance when it comes to father uh, uh, supporting the kingdom of god when it comes to a uh, sorrow father we are going to Uh, draw from this information oh jehovah god we worship you father for the hope of our salvation in the name of jesus christ we do believe and pray amen, amen.
Hey, we are going to appreciate this man, eh? Can we do it better? Come on, come on, come on. What a word. Tell your neighbor what a word. Tell your neighbor what a preacher. Then tell your neighbor what a Jesus. One more time, let's appreciate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now I have known when they say Gimai Umagamotuine, I was looking at you, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Oh, we thank God for that powerful word in the name of Jesus. I have this hope as an anchor for my soul through every storm. I will trust in you. I will trust in you with endless love. With endless love. All my fear is all my fear is swept away in everything say in everything i will trust in you i will trust in you say there is hope there is hope in the promise of you everything to save the world and this hope and this hope is an anchor for my soul our God will stand unshakable one more time say there is hope there is hope in the promise of you give everything world you and this hope and this hope is an anchor for our God will stand unshakable I want you to take some few minutes and talk to the hope of your calling you have learned today that Jesus is your hope Jesus is your reason Jesus is your breath Jesus is everything I want you to lift up your voice and talk to him and tell him, Lord, I've got no other hope. I've got no other, no other plan but you. I've got no other idea but you. I've got no other mindset but you. I've got no other lifestyle but you. In you I live and move and have my being. Lord, you are my hope. The Bible says Christ in me is the hope of glory. Oh, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto soteria, unto salvation. I have this hope. I have it in me. I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded of the redemption realities, the realities that I have in Christ. I am fully persuaded in the name of Jesus. I am fully persuaded in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Shadarabo, so Koriandarabo, Mandarabo, so Koriandarabo. I am fully persuaded that you are able to keep me, to preserve me, to present me as a bride, 
without spot or blemish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for reminding us again what you have done for us. Thank you, mighty God, for your hope. We don't have any plans. We have planned Jesus. We have planned Jesus. Lord, even in these dark times, Jesus is still our light. Jesus is still the answer. Thank you for reminding us through your servant about the hope of this calling. Thank you that the eyes of our inner man have been flooded with light. And now we know better. And we thank you because all things work together for good for them that love God. Thank you, mighty Father, for we are never alone. For you say in your word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is my assurance. That is my undertaking. Thank you, mighty Father. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Let's sing to him. Oh, what a fortress of glory divine and of salvation. Yes, Lord. Born by Blessed assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, error, error, salvation, purchase, purchase of God, yeah, born of his in his blood this is, my story. this is my this is my story this is my song praising my Savior praising my Savior all the day long this is this is my story this is my song praising my Savior. One more time. This is my story. This is my hope. This is my salvation. These are my sunnets. This is my story. This is my soul. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my soul. Father, we thank you and we bless you and we honor you, Lord. Thank you for including us in our family. Thank you, Jesus, that we are no longer aliens, that we are no longer strangers, that now in Christ there is no Jew, no Gentile, but one creation called the new creation. And so we lift up our hands above our heads to appreciate, to acknowledge, to revere you, to praise you, to praise you, and to honor you, Lord. 
Jesus name. One more time, help me appreciate. Amen and amen. What a powerful word. And I like the way you're growing. May the Lord continue to use you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. Eh? You guys, do I scream like Ken? <laughs> eh? I was seeing him screaming. I'm like, wow. I hope I don't scream like Ken. Amen. I'm, I'm going to encourage you with one word from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. As you get ready to give your tithes and offerings. But before you do that, just listen to this word. It says, moreover, brethren. So when you see the Bible talking about moreover, brethren, it's talking to saints. It's talking to believers. All right? So moreover, brethren, we do, we do you to eat of the grace of God. Okay, can we read the New King James? Mine, uh, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So, Mr. Francis, we are seeing that there is a grace that has been released to a certain church in Macedonia. Are you seeing that? All right, then. That in a great trial, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded while these guys graced. Yes, we have read in verse 1, they were graced. So, you can be graced na unapitia. Are you seeing that? They were graced but they were going through trials, yeah. afflictions. But what was the difference and what was the game changer? The grace gave them a certain joy. Yeah. That in their trials, they had a joy. Oh, yes. That when things were not making sense, they had joy. Are you seeing that? Yes. Abounded in the riches of their liberality. In other words, the grace that was bestowed upon Macedonia was a grace that they could give. Whether things were okay or not. Are you seeing that? So sometimes we misconstrue grace to be divine ability that you're now doing things like a superman. But also the grace of God can make you do things that in a normal setting you're not able to do. Are you seeing that? So in this setting, they didn't have money. They didn't have wealth. Things were not working. But they had a liberty to give freely with much joy. Are you seeing that? Then he says what? For I bear witness. This is Apostle Paul saying, I bear witness that according to their ability, Paul knew the ability of that church. He knew. And then he says, yes, and beyond. So how are they able to give beyond their ability? Their grace. Their grace bestowed upon them. Can I hear an amen? And the Bible says, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Take a journey to the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts chapter number 4, it will amaze you, Velma, that they gave. Nobody asked for an offering. They gave. The Bible says they sold their land. And they brought everything at the apostles' feet. That is a supernatural grace. Can you imagine Saizi brought him a hapa? That takes the hand of God. That takes a special grace. Praise be to God. Verse number 4. All right, verse number four, Grace. Imploring us with much urgency. Gabuna, Gabuna, understand up. Neema iko, wako kwa msoto, but wanapeana. Nasasa hii verse inasema, 
I wish you could read it in the Swahili. Inasema walikuwa wanaambia Paul please chukua, chukua tu, please, please tunaomba uchukue. May we get there in Jesus name that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering. Let me pause there. I need to teach you a principle of giving that is slowly moving away from the church. Can I can I help you? Sinimzuri pasia kiwasaidia. Because some, the Bible says, at the time of your ignorance, God overlooks. But there, when knowledge hits you, now you know. Listen, when you're giving, there are two things that are happening in church. When you bring an envelope, physically you're bringing an envelope to Parsi. In heaven, Christ is also receiving. Show me Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, Hebrews 7, verse number, we're going to begin from verse number 9, and then we're going to come back here. Hebrews 7, for this Melchizedek, okay, right, okay, okay, verse number 8, verse number 5, and indeed those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes. Now, Mr. Francis in the Old Testament, Levi is Ninani, ndiyo wachungaji. Awa ndi walikuwa mepeo mandate ya the temple. Sumuna kumbuka? Nobody else could take care of the temple except the Levites. Is it making sense? So the Bible here says, indeed those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the? That is, from their? Though they had come from the loins of? Okay, verse number six. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them receives tithes from? Now, the book of Hebrews contrasts between the old and Jesus. So, up in Asema, in the old, Levites and Olikona offerings. Kwa Yesu, Yesu wakutoka in the tribe of Levi. He is from the tribe of Judah. They were never supposed to be priests. Sinukweli. So in a same, but whose genealogy is not derived from the Lev Levitical priesthood? Yeah. Is it making sense? Uh, receives what? Types from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Verse number seven. No. Now beyond a contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Verse number eight. Here. So we have a motto. Motto ni nani? Mtu atakufa. When we body today, disindio. The Bible says what? Here. Who is a mortal man? Here, a, a fivefold minister. Here, mortal men receive, but there. Are you seeing two transactions happening? So, Glenn, come, come with an envelope. Assuming we are coming with an envelope. I want you to be so sober when you're giving. Just like una ukiomba, offering. Please. When you're giving, don't, don't think you're giving me change. What is happening here? A mortal man receives tithe. There, he's doing what? Is he receiving? Is he receiving? The Bible says there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed. So beyond you saying Jesus is alive, the fact that you're giving your offering is just the same way in the Old Testament they will give an offering. Itoleo kitufulani. Hapa unape Christ una emphasize. I am a certain that this priest is alive. Amen. Not only by my mouth, but by my giving. Shika. 
Nasema, here mortal men receive tithe. So when it's time to give, the way you approach God in prayer, approach him with the giving also. It matters before him. That's why unaona, Bible nasema, Cornelius, your prayer and your, that's your giving, has come before God as a what? Are you seeing ways he separate prayer now offering yako? Is that important? Then he says in verse number nine, even Levi, where international ministers, Levi, see Levi, 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 say Levi. Even Levi, who receives tithes, present continuous, receives tithes, paid through that Levi Ali, when Abraham was tithing, Levi was not in the picture. Levi also tithed. So let me help you. Mr. Francis, when you give, it affects your generation, your children's generation, evil, in end evil. Soma, even Levi who paid tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. 20 verse number 10, warn for he was still where? That is another word. He was in his father's seed. He was just a seed. So single guys, as you give in church, you're also helping your, your children. It's transgenerational. Giving is transgenerational. Never forget that. Can I hear an amen? That is why Uneza Patawato, you are a blunder. Na God and our blessed too. Cause mzazi, <laughs> kuna kitu mzazi alifanya, kuna kitu mzazi alifanya. Vitu zingine si fluk. Mm -mm. Let me help you. Unezakuta mtoia na mess uko inje. Analala left, right and center, HIV impatagi, and I'm not advocating for that. There is something mzazi did. Kumbuka job na watoto wake. Alikuwa nasema ni, alikuwa natoa sacrifice, less wasikuwa mefanya nini. He knew something. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, alright, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron. Aaron the Levitical priest. Verse 12, for the priesthood being of necessity, there is also a change. So, sasa tuwezi peleka offering Israel. Sindio? But Christ America fivefold ministers. So, here, men receives tithe. But there, never forget that. That ukitumado, ujue kuna mini representative. That is why when money comes in church, I have to ask him, Lord, what is your plan for the money? I'm also employed by Christ. Is it making sense? Now go back to 2 Corinthians so that I close. I'm going to be teaching you about stewardship and giving. Should we tithe? Should we not tithe? Man, the Bible will explain itself. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 8. So to know now, say, Macedonia, walikuwa? Kulikuwa na grace, ilikuwa imerilizio. Sindio? 20 verse number grace. Jump to verse number Verse number four. Verse number four. Imploring us with much agency that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. So, Nona, your gift is a ministration. Powerful. 
powerful. You should approach this thing with a lot of soberness. Alright? Uh -huh. Verse number 5. And not only as we had hoped. They did what? They fast. To some your verse 10. Pause there. Nimekuambia offering yako ni important sana kwa God. But look at this, my sweetie. The way you receive Christ shows how you're committed in your giving. He says, they first gave themselves to the Lord. So, the grace to give can never work if you don't give yourself first to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, unezambio everything about giving. But, kama ujajipeana kwa Christ, awezipeana. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. In this dispensation, why do we give ourselves to the Lord? Because now, you don't need a Levitical law to tell you to give. The law is in you. Called the spirit of life. Can I hear an amen? He says they first gave themselves to the Lord. And then, to us. You have to give yourself, Glenn, to the Lord. And then you have to give yourself to the vision God has given us. That's what the Bible is saying there. Can I hear an amen? Praise be to God. The, to, uh, and then to us by the will of God. For we have to follow the will of God. And then he says in verse number 6 as I close. That as he had begun. Which grace? Which grace? Giving. So as you have begun. Continue. Praise be to God. There will be times God will tell you to give X amounts. You obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obey God. Can I hear an amen? No shilling you'll ever give God that he will never bring a fruit to abound in it. But God anajua tunazitaji. Na unajua God anidu peane thao ndi akupee masidis. Tuonge tu ukweli. Thao yako yezi nunuwa masidis. Sini ukweli. But God as a righteous judge and as a good father knows you need these things. But God teaches us stewardship when we give. Praise be to God. Pastor, it is tough. I know it is tough. God knows it is tough. But do your part. Me, I'm going to do my part. I made up my mind together with my wife. We will never debate about tithing. We will never debate about giving or church projects. We will rather to fike heaven to ambiage Christ. To lifanya. To kuona. Me, I think that's my simplicity. Can I hear an amen? Package your tithe, package your offering. If you're giving digitally, the information will be on the screen. If you're writing a check, write it to Jubilee Christian Church. Hello? My son, you blocked my phone. Yes, Lord. Whatever you're giving in the house of the Lord, give with a lot of sobriety. And I'm going to ask you as you're packaging to just talk to God concerning that giving. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. And tell him, Lord, I know it's never in vain to partner with your work. I know it's never in vain to partner with your work. 
and thank you for affording me that chance to partner with your work in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus my sweetie Thank you, Jesus. Please lift it up before the Lord. Father, we are grateful for that chance to partner with your work. Pray for the people that are giving their tithes and their offerings. Bless them indeed, O oh God. Those giving digitally, bless them indeed, O oh God. As we give with this sober heart, Lord, may this be a memorial before you in Jesus' name. Amen. We send the ashes to you in the spirit of excellence. Give you the smile. The good Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Zifa kwako pumzi yako nani yangu natoa Zifa kwako pumzi yako Nani yangu natoa sifa kwako pumzi yako nani yangu natoa sifa kwako pumzi yako nani yangu natoa sifa kwako yes lord amen so this week my wife and i will be spending a lot of time in prayer we shall be praying for you uh, so uh, uh, we won't travel to go vote but we are, we are feeling we want to pray for you guys so simkona office line please send your prayer request there we shall be on the mountain of the lord praying so um yeah that's our assignment for this week and you know god will do something in your life in jesus name when you go to vote please vote your preferred candidate and um uh, uh, no violence and um make sure you do what make sure you come on sunday in church and uh continue praying for kenya in jesus name Kenya Kwanza, uh, uh, Azimio, whichever is your preferred candidate, please vote wisely. Be led by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we have come to the end of the service. All right, there's a cup of tea for every one of you, made with a lot of love. The good Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Yes. All right, we have one of us. Carol has been um, has been sick uh, since yesterday. And we have been praying for her. We were praying uh, for her in, uh, during the night. But can we do that? Can we pray for her as a church? All right, please stand up. Please stand up. Let's pray for her. Let's pray for her. Mr. Francis, please take a microphone and pray for Carol in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here, here, here. Amen. Let us agree together and pray for our sister in the name of Jesus. Father, we, win, we want to thank you, mighty King of King. Thank you for our sister, almighty King of King. We know her service to you, almighty King of King. 
We have seen her, how she is very faithful, Almighty God, in serving you, Almighty King of King. We pray by faith, Almighty King of King. For your Bible says, where two of these shall gather, there your presence will be, Almighty King of King. So we send a word of faith, Almighty King of King. We declare healing, Almighty King of King, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare, Almighty God, you are going to perfect, Almighty God, everything that concerns her in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless our Almighty King of King. This is a proof, Almighty God, that she will come back, Almighty King of King, healed completely, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And this minute, as we pray and agree together, she is healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we glorify your name, O Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Mary's uh, son got healed. Amen. Amen. We prayed and God did the impossible. Father, we thank you for healing that child completely in Jesus' name. Na Mary, tunakuhamisha in Jesus' name. Tunakuhamisha right now in Jesus' name. Pana Jesa. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's appreciate our first-time visitors, Masharia and, uh, and Yvonne. Please, please, appreciate them. Appreciate them. We want to know, where have you been all this time? <laughs> You're welcome to come again and again. Until you cannot stop, but come. We will have you sign in. <laughs> we love you guys. Amen. There is a cup of tea for every one of you, please. Made with a lot of love in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,